and welcome back. Let's get your teacup and let's sit back in our chairs and let's relax because we're going to jump in tonight with the book called I Am My Sister's Keeper, co-author by Queenie Turner. So let's get right on into it. Okay. It's called The Journey to Becoming My Sister's Keeper by Queenie Turner. The question she's asking everyone is, why am I my sister's keeper? Well, let me give my opinion of my sister's keeper. My sister's keeper is having her back no matter what, being there for her when she needs me and even when she does not need me, having my shoulder there for her to cry on and cry with her when she's going through things sadly and happy. So let me ask you, why am you your sister's keeper? So while you're thinking on that question, so let's jump right into the book of this. Okay? All right. Well, she said in her book, her journey begins with her living with her teenage parents. You see, Posey Turner was 17 and Queenie Hunt Turner was 13. She had her grandmother there with her, Annie Mae Turner. She was there. So at the age of six, she experienced her first birthday party. We all know how birthday parties can be for very young girls and boys. It's so exciting to get all these gifts and to have everybody there with you. You know, all eyes on me. And that's what it was. All eyes was on Queenie Turner. Everything was there, the cake, the party, the friends, the gifts. It was wonderful. And at this time, at her birthday party, her siblings were in bed. Her parents made her siblings go to bed, and the spotlight was all on her. She was dancing and moving the whole night away until her grandma said, Queen, that's enough. Pose, posing, and Queen, it's time for her to go to bed. She's been moving and grooving all day and all night. She's too grown as it is. So she had to go to bed. But the adults there at the party and the other kids, I assumed, as she said, they wanted more. They wanted more. But you know what? At that time, she knew then she wanted to be in the entertainment business. Because why? The entertainment bug had bit her. Now let's fast forward to some some pre-teenage years. She was very mature for an 11-year-old. Well, let me say 11 and a half. Now, when I was 11 and a half, I was very immature for my age too. And there are a lot of teenagers and a lot of young kids that are very mature. And some that is not very mature. But let's jump back to Queenie and her mature way. Her mom was the older of the queens. And she would come to her for advice about life. Because, like she said, she was mature. She was started to sing in a very young age in a group, a girls' hood group at that, called the Ivy and the Ivettes. Ivoryettes, if I'm not saying it correctly, forgive me. They sold out vineyards and different places in the DC, the MD, and the VA, better known as the MDV. So that should tell you right there that these ladies was not only hood girls, but they had talent. Let me tell you, and they was everywhere in those places, singing and dancing. And I bet you they was good. I know they was good. 
okay? But when the tension got started, and y'all all know, when there are groups, things get heated. Attitude starts coming out. People want to fight. People think, oh, you're doing this more than me. Hey, you know it was about to go down. So like she said, when the tension got started in the group, after, after an incident started, yes, on the Ed Sullivan show, her dad was like, uh-uh, I'm not going to have none of this. Who was her manager at the time, knew that her mother's brother and sisters had a group called the Prey Roll and the Soul Runners. And like I said before, if I'm not pronouncing these names correctly, please forgive me and let's keep it moving. And so she was added to the group quickly. Why? Because she was good at what she did. And for number two, it was her family's group. They became hot still in the DMV. Boy, let me tell you, baby, they did it all. And they had praise and spotlights everywhere. But as they say, fame can come and fame can leave quickly. Because by the age of 12, her spotlight was gone. Do you hear me? Why? Something tragic happened. She became pregnant at the age of 12. Now, before y'all get to point the fingers, hey, sometimes things happen that we can't prevent. So what we do, we pull up our bootstraps and we keep going. And that's just what she did. While pregnant, her grandmother told her how young her mother was when she got pregnant with her. Hey, so she didn't ever think that she was alone at this. But the tensions grew higher and higher and more intense it became. Her grandmother decided to go back to North Carolina because she just did not like the way they was treating Queenie being pregnant and treating her after she had her baby. She didn't approve of it because they was mistreating her. They was making her feel like she wasn't nothing. Grandma didn't like that. And she said, I found myself alone with a daughter and no grandma. Her moody parents were starting to have marital issues. Many of them streaming from being so young when they married. My parents had physical custody of her daughter during those times because she was so young. She still had school and whatever else to do. It was hard raising a kid being 12 years old at that time in those days. So what did she do? She decided to leave home and she was 14 at that time. And she told her daughter before she left, when I get on top and when I be successful and when I get what I need to get, I will be back for you. That made me cry when I read that because she knew what she had to do. To survive for her and her daughter. Yes, I bet you it tore her up when she had to leave her daughter there with her parents, knowing good and well they was already having problems, marital problems, arguing and bickering and fighting, and she had to leave her baby there. But she promised her that she would be back once she got on her feet. I could not leave. I could not live with my feuding parents any longer. And in her young mind, she figured I would have a better life without mistreatment. She knew that she had to get away. And by her getting away, she knew she had to run away. But she had to make a decision to leave 
my daughter and to become successful and come back and get her knowing that she couldn't take care of her, of her by herself on the road or stay there with her baby with feuding parents that eventually one day she might still be on the streets so she did what she had to do for a year I was on my own and at 15 she met this 20 year old Air Force recruit who she fell madly in love being 15 shoot and you seeing someone older than you and they whispering sweet nothings in your ear telling you they love you and oh baby you look so good and I can do this for you and that for you and blase blase she fell over the hills for this person and don't act like we ain't never done that ourselves cause we have okay <laughs> go look in the mirror and look who you're looking at cause you know you have okay Oh, so she thought. They got married just months into their relationship. And in a short time, she became pregnant. Because she thought, hey, she found someone that was going to love her. She found someone she thought that was going to treat her right. She thought, hey, this might be Mr. Right. And she became pregnant because they was married. And he went to Vietnam. She went on back home, well, not to her home, well, to his home, where the in-laws was at, in Houston, Texas, to prepare for the birth of their daughter, her second child. Giving birth and him coming home from Vietnam, things were never the same. Never. Huh. Uh-uh. Their marriage did not last very long. Like I said, Vietnam, coming home to a new baby marriage, it was never going to be the same. But one of her uncles who performed with the D.C. and now one of the famous bar keys out of Stax Records, Memphis, Tennessee, hmm, you know, they had a lot of connections. When he performed in Houston, he told her that the singer Isaac Hayes, a.k.a. Black Moses, was looking for dancers. And guess what she did? That's right. She left her second daughter with her in-laws and boarded a bus to Memphis. And now I know y'all saying, hey, okay, she made the mistake when she left her first child with her parents and now she was married and the marriage didn't last long. She got pregnant at 15 and then now she's leaving the second daughter, this time with her in-laws, to go do something else. Y'all probably thinking, did she not learn from the first time? But you know what? First of all, number one, let's get it going, is that she knew that her daughter, the first daughter, was being taken care of by her parents. And don't forget, she made that promise, and she stuck to it. But we're going to get to that in a minute. Number two, she was married when she had her second daughter at the age of 15. Yes, the marriage didn't last long, but you know what? The in-laws were real lovely people, and they took care of their granddaughter. Wow, she was doing what she was doing because the husband or the dad was still in Vietnam. Or actually, we don't know what he was doing, but still, she was thinking about bettering herself, establishing herself to get her daughters. So let's get back into that tea. Okay, so she boarded the bus to Memphis 
there she auditioned and got the job as a dancer for Isaac Hayes. Now, she was being groomed and what, as you can say, she was being groomed and she was being primped and primed by famous musicians. Black Moses himself, Isaac Hayes, was, as you can say, called potentially a talent traveling group around the world. So he was grooming her. She had famous folks that was grooming her here and there to get her ready to travel, to get ready to go around the world with Black Moses, to to get ready to just do her thing, the thing that she had to do. So then, after winning an Academy Award for the music soundtrack of Shaft, Isaac was bitten by the acting bug and decided he wanted to act. He asked me what I wanted to do, and at that time, she probably didn't really want to, she probably really didn't know what she wanted to do, you know? She was just out there trying to keep her head above water, try to do things that she could to make money to get set up for her daughters. So she had to just think about it. After that time, after thinking about it for so long, she said, I can't go home. She knew she couldn't go back home because she was considered as a runaway with the first daughter. He called his friend Don Carnegie and let's stop there. Don Carnegie was the man of all men. He was the innovator. He was the creator of Soul Train. Every Saturday at my time, 8 o'clock in the morning, you'll see that train on the train track and be moving and grooving. So, whom she had actually met through the Jesse Jackson Push Expo. She went to go see Don Carnegie's in California and the rest, as they say, was history. She was 16 at that time. So she had different people to help groom her, to help mentor her, to help get her on the way After traveling the world with various groups, she met different people, especially the creator of Good Times and the movie Cooley High. They had a great relationship, but when he let the powers that he be messed with, with his money, our relationship soured. During one of my trips, as she says, one of her trips off the road performing, it was like, do you know? Ike and Tina Turner Sounds uh, Studio. So she went to the Ike and Tina Turner's studio. After working with Ike for a few days, we were talking about our last names and he said, I favored some of his family members. Now this gets good, so sip a little bit harder. Get in your blanket and listen. My potential grandfather's name came up when he advised me my grandfather was his cousin. Now, oh Lord. Now, they just wouldn't know third and fourth cousin. These was deep-rooted blood cousins. She said, my grandpa and Ike's dad were preachers. And then I realized those 
times my grandfather was absent from home. He was in Mississippi with a whole nother family. Mm. We didn't have a lot of those. Let me tell you, daddies, uncles, grandpas. Lord Jesus, let's keep that tea moving. Because we don't want to get too far in the tea. Because, hey, some of y'all daddies and grandpas, brothers and uncles, have done the same thing. Husbands too, wives also. But let's keep going. I became a great mentor for her until the drugs got the best of him. But he always looked out for me. While in California, she gave birth two more times. Two boys. So she had two girls at first, and the last was two boys. The family of my oldest son's father was very prominent people in the community. Life was not always peaches and cream, but I could take lemon to make lemonade. After being poisoned by my husband, she said, now hold it. Her husband was poisoning her. Mm, 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 mm. Lord Jesus, she sure knew she had to get away from that. She said, I took my son and fled after he went to prison. I know that's right. For hardly no time at all, it was then that I began to elevate my worth and knew I needed more than just a GED to provide for my children. They had never wanted for anything and I didn't intend for them to start now. She said, thanking God for letting her survive, she vowed to help other women not to stay in broken relationships just because they don't think they're worth of fulfilling their needs and goals. Mm. Baby, don't you think we got friends now, family now, sisters, cousins, neighbors that's doing the same exact thing? They think that, oh, I can't make it. Oh, I'm not worth anything. Oh, I'm nobody. Because why? These men have beat them down to nothing. Crazy, right? Mm -mm. Let's get back into this tea, okay? In order for me to help someone else, she says, I had to start helping myself. That's right, ladies. You got to help yourself because if you don't help yourself, who going to help you? Uh-huh. You can't help yourself. You can't help nobody else. Believe me, I have been in several situations to where I had to step back and say, hey, you ain't taking care of yourself. So until you take care of yourself, you can't take care of nobody else. She says she enrolled in moratorium school and became one of the best female embalmers in L.A. County. After years of raising her children, even after adopting a daughter. So now she has two daughters, well, three daughters and two sons. Because when you adopt a child, I don't call them my adopted child. I call them my child. So she had three daughters and two sons. She started counseling women on domestic violence and helping them out to get back on their feet. And let me stop you there because I give my hat off to Queenie Turner and all the Diva sisters the diva glamours because it takes a lot for people of color to stand together and help one another as I am a black woman and a black mother we think that oh we are like robots and we can take it we can keep going and and you know on and on and on and not realize we are damaging we are hurting ourselves because we are not wanting to allow people to help us 
So she said, but when her back became unbearable and she couldn't stay on the concrete no more as being that bomb and best and bomber in L.A. County, she had to quit. So she did various corporate jobs, but they just didn't pay enough. So she purchased an adult entertainment business and pursued that instead. She, Since then, she has created her own reality TV show, Diva Glamaws, about modern-day grandmothers. Their motto is, we age up, but we don't age out. All my divas have their own according to their personalities. So they got their own markers according to their own personalities. And I have watched their TV show and like to give a shout out to all the divas. And every one of those divas have their own personalities. Let me tell you. The show is based in the clothing front store, Fashion One. Home of the diva Glamaws in Palmdale, California owned by herself and one of the classy divas business partner Elizabeth now before I end this let's stop and let's think for a moment the things that we've had to go through to do things for our children for our family no one is never exempt from the pain of life. No one's never exempt from the shortcomings that they have been dealt. Now, it is easy to point your finger at someone and say, oh, they did this and they did that and have your nose snooted up at them. But until you walk a mile in their shoes, you will never know how to deal with it. That's the reason why they said, I am my sister's keeper. Because when you see someone that is down and out and need a helping hand, Instead of shooting your shoulder up and turning your head away and walking off, you turn around and you get on the floor and you get on your knees and you cry with them. You hold their hand and say, here's a shoulder to cry on and you help lift them up to brush them off, to help them on their way. And whatever things that you can do in life to help someone, that's what you need to do. If you got some clothes that you can't fit or that you think that they might look good in, Help them out, their children, their family. Don't never be too good. Don't never let your high, mighty self get too big to not know where you come from. So I thank you and I appreciate you sitting back and enjoying that good old tea and this book review from the book called I Am My Sister's Keeper. And my favorite part of the book is The Journey to Becoming My Sister's Keeper by Queenie Turner. If you have not read the book, you need to get it because the whole book is wonderful. But my favorite part is that one. The Journey to Becoming My Sister's Keeper. Y'all, be safe. Be careful. And always help someone out.